As long as those key, I mean, I'm not going to change the narrative now. As long as the key players are healthy, they're going to kick out of everybody they face. the The quest is for second place. That's it. As long as those people stay healthy, they're currently healthy. The 49ers kick the out of the Ravens Here. on Monday night. I'm sorry, I know that's disrespectful to the Ravens. Down my fours, boys. My Yeah, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Ravens. Shove it up, Mike Florist. But what is it? Mike Florio? Florist? What the hell are you? You Do you deliver flowers for a living? Who the hell are you? <laughs> was it Flores or was it Florist? I don't know. I Either wasn't way. sure. I'll take it all. He got it right eventually. Then he got to the Florio part. Yeah, he got Florio part, but man, sounds like somebody's video clip was shown shown to the Ravens in their well, team we, meeting, and then yeah. it was like, "Hey, this jerk right here thinks you're going to get blown out, and you're playing for second best." And they rallied and said, "Shove it, Florio!" <laughs> now, now, see, isn't that yes the yes alternate reality that we'd like to be able to to compare this to because that's the gist of many of the colorful emails I've received since the game ended last night or at least the moment when it appeared that the Ravens would not have the crap kicked out of them by the 49ers right the the idea is embedded within the hostility and it's fine I can take it good I, I I don't have an issue with that but embedded within the hostility is this idea of if you hadn't said what you said, what you said was going to happen would have happened. And it's like, so are you saying thank you? Like, I don't, I, I, there's an element of that. And I, I hear you. I, I, I hear you. Look, at, at, the, at the end of the day, at the end maybe of the day, you said the what the they day, needed wrong. to hear to get them over the hump for a little extra motivation. Maybe that's all it was. Exactly, exactly. right. Maybe, maybe, maybe without that, maybe without that. Flying across the country to play a game on Christmas night against the best team in the NFL, and everybody kind of accepted they weren't just the best team. They were the best team with a significant gap between them and number two and three and four. And I articulated it this way at the time. I wrote about it yesterday. The idea is 49ers versus anyone on Christmas night is going to end the way that I thought last night's game was going to end, and I was wrong. And I will admit it, and I will own it. And that's, I mean, that's one of the occupational hazards. Of all the occupational hazards that this occupation has, I can take that one. I don't have to worry about a tree falling on me like a lumberjack does. I don't have to worry about getting whacked like like a mobster does. Uh, I, you know, I, we, we, we say what we think is going to happen, and sometimes we're right, and sometimes we're wrong. And as we've well established, that's not why we're here. We're here to. Report on the NFL. Talk about the NFL. They make us do the picks. I don't. I said, and this isn't new, before the season, I don't want to do picks. I just want to enjoy the games. Can we just enjoy the games, please? Why do we have to do the freaking picks? Let's just enjoy the games. And I'm going to have the conversation in the offseason with the powers that be at NBC. I don't want to do this anymore about the picks. Oh, my gosh. Just, what did you? Would the, you stop? Let's cover the game. Would you stop? I don't. There's nothing. No. All that. Listen, listen. This is a broader. This is a broader philosophical gambling discussion as it relates to the enticement of people to wager when maybe they shouldn't be, and they get hooked when maybe they shouldn't be. And there's a there's a bigger issue that's lurking out there that Peter King's been sensitive to for a while. I'm sensitive to it about it. I, I don't. 
I don't want to create, you know, problem gamblers by constantly, hey, we got to have bets. We got to pick. Bet, bet, bet. Hey, bet, bet, bet. So anyway, that, that's a different discussion. That, but well, I was now, wrong. Now I, I thought you, I was well, wrong. Now you're sounding I'll like you're, 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 you're backing down. Now you sound like you're backing down. Now I'm not backing down. Okay. I'm well, not backing down. Everybody that listens I, to a show my, like this I wants my, to hear guys like us make picks and see who we think are going to win a game. When I, I tune into other shows. Does. Well, a lot of people do. I don't care they what like people to hear. think. I don't they care. They like to hear. And I the don't. people that you listen to on a regular basis. You don't like if you had somebody you okay. listen to on a regular basis. I don't you listen wouldn't... to anybody on a regular basis. Okay, well, yeah, you have care. a problem. I don't you're, care. You're in a closet I don't by yourself. care <laughs> what people think about who's going to win games and who's going to lose games, except when they do something really freaking stupid like I did. Then it's entertaining. Then it's when you step on a rake and it whacks you right between the eyes. Then it's entertaining. But but again, this isn't some new thing I'm saying. I said it before the season. You know I said it before the season. Why do we have to make these freaking picks? Why can't we just enjoy the games? It introduces this element of, ooh, I got to be right on the, where do Sims and I disagree? Ooh, I, I got to be right on that. It's like, I just like to enjoy the games. I don't, that's why I never gambled and never will. I don't need that to enjoy the games. I just enjoy the games for what they are. That's why I don't like fantasy football. It screws up everything about trying to root for this and root for that. My, my, my uh, uh, family's here, uh, B- big Browns fans. But oh, fantasy team needed Lamar Jackson last night. It was it was agonizing. They couldn't reconcile it. They don't like the Ravens. They like the Browns. But last night they needed Lamar Jackson to win in the fantasy league. It just screws everything up. Let's just enjoy the games for what they are. That's the way I'd prefer to do it. All I right, understand right. that there's a certain that there's a certain appeal to oh you know picking games and all that. And we're, and I'm I'm not going to say I'm going to stop doing it. But after a night like last night, you know. I'd, I'd right. Well, when you go all. all in on a team like that and tell them they're going to get their I ass whooped like that, right. that's what you get. Don't write again, checks that your again, ass can't I, cash, all right? right? So there you oh, go. I can, cash, hey, <laughs> I can cash plenty of checks. I can cash plenty of checks. <laughs> and I can cash this one. But the point is, the point is, I'd prefer not to have to freaking pick games because then we get carried away. I got carried away because of the 49ers. It would have been 49ers versus Cowboys, 49ers versus Eagles, 49ers versus Dolphins, 49ers versus Rams, 49ers versus anybody. That's how I would have felt. It wasn't about the Ravens. It was never about the Ravens, but the way I said it, and I said it in a way I shouldn't have said. I agree with what Lamar said after the game. We're going to play it coming up. It was, it was about the 49ers, and they were invincible. You, you said it yourself. It feels like the 80s or the 90s yeah. where there's one team that is just wire-to-wire dominant and nobody else has a chance. And usually in those days there were two, and guess what? Now there are. That's, I guess that's the, it's the, the silver big takeaway. Here. Yeah, right, right. There isn't just one. There's two. There's one that's been lurking in the AFC because we're so caught up in Tua and Tyreek and what's wrong with Mahomes and and – we we and on the and the Bills disintegration and now they're finding it again. We've just kind of not really focused on the Ravens a way that we should. Well, after they, last night they're now right in the middle of the spotlight. Well, this is the third time this year we've seen them be, let's say, maybe scared of an opponent and then play their best football. Like, oh no, this could be scary, Detroit Lions. Oh no, this could be scary, Seattle Seahawks. 
oh, they kicked the crap out of both of those teams. And then, of course, the same thing last night a little bit. But, Mike, I don't think like you were crazy with what you said. I mean, you went a little overboard, certainly. We were having fun. It's a picks, you know, a picks podcast and all that. And you went all in on the, the 49ers. You know, also, too, hey, the 49ers, to, to, to back you up, they've been playing phenomenal football. Like, nobody has even been in their class that's been on the football field with them over the last five, six weeks. The Baltimore Ravens, no, that has not been the case necessarily. So it's like, you know, you look at the Baltimore Ravens over the last four or five weeks and go, oh, the Chargers game, kind of fortunate to win that game. It wasn't ugly or pretty. I mean, it was pretty, it was ugly. It wasn't pretty or dominating. The Rams game, they won by the skin of their teeth. The Jacksonville Jaguars game, I know it says 23-7, to but we know that game was much closer than that and was not that comfortable at all. So there was some things there to think that the 49ers could control this football game, certainly. But, hey, that's what happens in the NFL. That's what's crazy. That's how I envision it. I envision, like, either their last team meeting in Baltimore or Christmas Eve in the hotel, coaches usually play a little video to get you hyped for the week. Here's something. We made this. Some highlights from last week's game. And then spliced in as some motivational tactics. And I feel like that's maybe where you came in. I don't know that for sure, but that feels like that's where uh, that was played for the football team for it to resonate the way it did. And uh, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. And it's great to see your ugly sweater out there and about going on social and, media. And by the way, <laughs> and by the way, before it becomes a thing, the line about the Ravens kicking the SH-T out of the Dolphins is a joke. That's a joke. We haven't made our picks yet. And trust me, on Thursday when we do our picks, I will not say, even though I'm inclined to pick the Ravens, I will not say that the Ravens will kick the you-know-what out of the Dolphins. And, you know, those games you mentioned, Lions, Seahawks, those were in Baltimore. That was one of the big factors yeah, for me. They're right. a much different team in Baltimore. And we saw that game not that long ago where they they, they kind of got into a, you know, an arm wrestling competition with the Rams, which when you take a step back from it, it's like the Rams, it's a dome team from L.A. and they're out in the rain and it's – and they give you that kind of a game. It's like, yeah. And, uh, and, but again, at the end of the day, it was all about the 49ers. There was, I, I, my belief was the 49ers were significantly better than everyone. Everyone, anyone, insert name of team, any of the other 31 NFL teams, 49ers significantly better. And I was wrong about the Ravens. And, and I, I own it. I admit it. I was flat out wrong about the Ravens. And, and that's where this does really become interesting. Did I help stoke the fire? Did, did you know, I, I'll, I'll find out. I'll find out. I, I, uh, yeah, I'll find out. Well, they were going to find, I, I they were going to find, I thought I'd get a phone call last night from the, from someone who's, you know, high up with the team. Well, they're, they're, the, they're, the they were going to find something. They're going to find something somewhere of somebody saying something disrespectful to the Baltimore Ravens. You just happen to be the guy that. Wait, most of that coaching staff, I know a lot of coaches there, they are on pro football talk a lot. So they saw that video and said, look at what this jerk said. I mean, forget Harbaugh. I know Harbaugh reads PFT. I know there's some other assistant coaches there as well that do. So I'm not shocked that they saw that. And and we know that group there too. Chippy. Right. They they're they're they want to be the bullies. You're telling them they're not going to be the bullies. They thrive off of that. That's what they looked like last night. You know, the game, the way it started, they took a few haymakers. They were a little wobbly in the corner. 
little wobbly in the corner, and you're going, oh, man, they don't look like they're in the same class as the 49ers. And they hung in there and regained their balance and started punching the body of the 49ers a little bit. And all of a sudden, it was them throwing haymakers, and it was the 49ers wobbly in the corner. And it was like, holy crap, I haven't seen the 49ers wobbly in the corner really all year like that. And uh, it just was an amazing swing of momentum, physicality, schematics. Everything about it was very impressive by the Baltimore Ravens. And you're right. At the end of the day, now it it just feels like, hey, it's not inevitable here. The 49ers aren't going to win the Super Bowl. You know, not that we knew it was definitely going to happen, but it had that feel. Uh, this gives you gives us a whole new look to go. Whoa, the Ravens are the real deal for for real here, and and can mess with anybody, and of course can beat anybody on any field. I mean, it felt like it was inevitable that they would get to the Super Bowl, and we've been trying to identify someone in the AFC that could maybe compete with them in Las Vegas for Super Bowl Fifty Eight, and now we have. But before last night. I just didn't think there was. And it was depressing. It was disappointing. I didn't want that. I don't want it to be coronation. I want it to be competition. I want the playoff games to be good. I mean, we've said it here, and I've tweeted it. I don't want the Vikings in the playoffs. The Vikings don't deserve to be in the playoffs. The Vikings aren't good enough to beat anybody in the playoffs. Oh, no, now they're going to run the table. But now they're going to use that Saturday night. I just got to stop saying anything. You're going to be like Kramer and take a vow of silence. But I want teams... And you made this point initially. This is how I first got onto it, like with the Steelers and all the Renegade stuff. And it's fun, and they win, and they find a way to win, and that's great until they go to the playoffs and they go on the road and they lose by 30. Let's get teams in the playoffs that are best suited to give us. We're being selfish here. We want exciting postseason games. We want the Rams in. We want the Seahawks in. We want the teams that can win in January or at least – not give us 42 to 10. Yes, no stinkers. Or 42 to 19. Or the various other scores we've seen from the 49ers' victories during the regular season this year, except for last night. So, And, and, you know, you talk about how it it got started last night. That weird moment where, and we see this all the time, and this is one of the functions of putting the umpire back where the referee is for his own safety. It used to be the umpire was was close to the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball. And still, don't they still move him there very late or did they change that? I don't rem- I still see him backing out. They back out all the time now. I don't think they put him over there anymore no, I think at all. first year I, they, must, they might have done that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They, they got away from that. It's, it's the umpire backs out of the fray. And as the umpire is backing out of the fray, the play starts – Lamar Jackson runs back that way. He's pressured in that he's direction. 20, he's and 25 you know, yards behind the line of scrimmage. That, the you know, umpire you falls don't down. That, right. The umpire falls down. No. Down goes the umpire. Lamar trips over him, gets rid of the ball, and it's intentional grounding. And look, what do they always say? The official's part of the field. It's unfortunate. You don't get a mulligan, though. It's not like playing football out in the street and the ball hits the tree and it's a do-over. Right. It's unfortunate that it happened, and it may have been, could have been, the first step in what would have been a long night for the Ravens, but that's part of what they overcame. And then it was five, nothing. And, uh, and, and that was kind of the moment where the Ravens found the switch. Yeah. And they found the it switch. just became methodical. It became methodical and the 49ers couldn't answer and the interceptions kept happening. And I think the moment was the 30 yard run by Lamar Jackson near the end of the half. I think that's the moment where it's like, 
sorry, 49ers, not tonight. The rest of it's just details. Yeah, well. The, how we yeah. get there is to be determined. But but after that run, here we are. Third and 16. When a defense like the 49ers should put the clamps on any offense, and he does this, that that's when that's when you know that that it's just not the night you thought it was going to be for the 49ers. Well, that's why you can't look at stats when you look at Lamar Jackson, right? We've talked about this on Football Night in America. His effect on the football game goes way beyond the stat sheet. And then it's, of course, the key moments that he makes a lot of this happen. It's a third and 16, like you're saying. The game's in the balance. The perfect defense is called. The people are covered downfield. You know, they got people around them in the pocket. Oh, it doesn't matter that the perfect defense was called and we have the most uh, well-built defense in football. That's where Lamar Jackson comes into play. And that's where he came into play a few times throughout the night last night, where you're going to look at his stats and go, yeah, they're good, they're not great. But the reality is, and if you go back and watch a lot of Ravens games, it's like the five biggest plays of the game, Lamar always wins. And it's because of a great throw or fading in the pocket or buying time to make a great throw or to scramble. And that's why he will now be at the top of the MVP conversation. But, Mike, I mean, you know, there's, you know, again – Going back to what you were talking about with the safety, all of that. I mean, it's the 49ers march down the field and right down the field. You go, whoa, this looks like the machine we're used to seeing. Throw an interception in the end zone. Get the safety. Drive down. Ravens do a great job of holding the 49ers to a field goal just so it's 5 nothing, Just to hang in there like, like we were talking about, right? They were a little wobbly. And they found the flow of the football game. And, yeah, like you said, Lamar made so many big plays. You know, that play there. And then, of course, the swing of points early in the third quarter, not only with the, you know, the drive, but the, the, uh, the scrambling out of the backfield, finding Gus Edwards underneath to set up the score uh, that would put them up. 23 to 12 and then of course they get the turnover to go up 30 to 12 that was like such a shocking fast oh my gosh moment here we are buying time right finds Gus out of the backfield and this was like oh wow whoa they're gonna go they're gonna go up maybe two scores here I mean this is unbelievable and of course they go up two scores Lamar gets the touchdown he's making magic again another big moment where he just comes through and then, of course, they get the turnover the next drive. Boom, right, first play, strike, touchdown. And that's when you felt like, man, it was really all she had wrote. And the Ravens were flying high at that point. One of the things about Lamar Jackson, yeah, and you and I both have MVP votes. They don't want us to tip our votes. We're not supposed to say who our votes are, but right. we're allowed to say. I had the conversation with the AP to make sure that I understood what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. If we were voting now... Here's who we'd vote for. If, but And right now, it's clearly Lamar. That's the one great thing to come out of last night. We can end with this whole polite society club where Christian McCaffrey says, vote for Purdy, and Purdy says, vote for McCaffrey. And you know, you got all these guys chiming in about everyone but themselves. You've got two very viable candidates and two others that weren't getting the attention they should, like Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. That's done now. That's over. Now, maybe McCaffrey can make a late run at it, but I don't think so. Right now, if we're casting the ballots right now, it's clearly Lamar. Clearly Lamar, and the odds are backing us up in that regard. The only candidate in negative territory with Christian McCaffrey at plus 400, 4-1. Tua Valo at 10-1. Purdy's all the way down to 12-1. to There's Josh Allen, still a good value at 16-1. to And Dak Prescott, 20-1. to I, I think that 
that graphic shows everyone who's in it now. Although, although there is one name missing off that graphic. And he came back and had nine catches for 99 yards. Right. And if the Dolphins beat the Ravens on Sunday, then it becomes, then, then there goes the, which guy from the 49ers is the MVP. If the Dolphins should happen to, to wander into the stadium in Baltimore and win on Sunday and, yeah, I ain't gonna say. I ain't gonna say the Ravens are gonna kick it. No, 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 no. But if the Dolphins do it, it then then it's Tua for a lot of people. But Tyreek, I'm still I'm still surprised that more people haven't kind of recognized this notion that Tyreek proved his value in his absence. Right. I am. Well, yeah. I and, mean, I know. And I know. But that's just we're, we're he's so... still got a chance to get to 2000, but I don't think he's going to. But but he's proved his value in his absence. The, the offense is clearly more dependent on him than to a Tonga Bailoa. But Tonga Bailoa is a quarterback and there's a lot of people that love him as a guy. And that's he's a great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. He's likable. There's nothing about him not to like. <laughs> right. and he's fun to root for. They crapped all over him with the prior regime. And, and it's a great story of redemption. But. If we're, there's only one MVP and Hill is more valuable than two out of that team. How does that not make him more valuable to the league as well? Yeah, I, uh, well, I just feel like it's a, a subject that's been beaten into our brain of what we've discussed so many times. Just quarterback, 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 quarterback on the number one seed or one of the top two seeds in the playoff race. That just automatically gets it. And nobody's like thinks outside of the box when it comes to that conversation there. So, you know, yeah, it's going to be it, we're still two, two weeks left. We'll see. Lamar definitely in the leader house, as a wise man once said. But, you mean, you're, you're crazy like to think, like, wait, if Tua and Tyreek go off this week in Baltimore and then maybe go off the next week against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and they're the number one seed and they put out huge numbers, well, we might be showing a graphic from DraftKings that, you know, has a different set of numbers next to those names when it's all said and done. So let's see where that does go. But I do think, to your point, it kind of last night, no matter what, definitely canceled out Purdy. McCaffrey had a, had a good night statistically, but would have to do something miraculous, I feel like, to catch up to, you know, to Lamar or, or maybe the other guys that we mentioned. But we'll see where it goes. Phenomenal win by the Ravens. We haven't seen anybody bully the 49ers. We haven't. And their they're, they're size up front, right, their physicality on their D-line, I think allowed them some luxuries of doing some things with their guys in the back end a little bit because they are big and they felt like they could overpower the 49ers in certain positions there. And then, Mike, we talk about this so much too. When you play a great offense like the Dolphins or the 49ers, you can't just sit back and go – we're going to play normal defense and we'll be sound and that'll stop Kyle Shanahan and his 9,000 weapons. If you just do that, Shanahan's going to pick you apart. He'll crack the code eventually. But I get into some of the turnovers, especially the first one of the game. When Brock Purdy throws, he's going to run the ball left. They bring the corner blitz. So now he's been taught, wait, if they bring somebody off the edge, let me try to throw the ball to Debo Samuel, who's going to have a safety way off of him down the field a little bit. And it's those tactical plays and, you know, what do I want to say, risk-reward gambles that you got to take when you play with some of these teams. Here's the first interception. This is egregious. I don't know what Brock Purdy can look at. Here's the corner blitz. 
This is what I mean. you got to do some things that are outside the book. If you think you're going to play at status quo against that team, you're absolutely not. You're absolutely wrong. And then they got the creativity to dial up some things that can confuse a Purdy, confuse a Shanahan. Here, nobody's open. They're passing off all their covered, you know, all the guys in their zone coverages. And they just started making plays everywhere throughout the, the game, the field, everything. It was like sharks. They smelled blood in the water, and they were all over the 49ers. That interception by Kyle Hamilton, we're watching the play now. He was mauled. He was chop blocked. Yeah. If we can show that play again, he was on the ground, got up, and got in position to catch the ball yeah. after it was tipped. He's on the ground. He's the one that drew the 15-yard flag that got added after the run because it was a personal foul. Yeah, the I chop did. block. Right. Right. And he's down there. Here he comes. Here he comes. Watch him there. And he's, he's laying on top of him. Yeah. Now There's he's the like, flag let me get right at him. Let me see if I can help out. Oh, the ball pops in the air. Look at what I got here. Interception and second interception of the game early on. And, of course, that. And then here we go. You know, uh, big, big uh, Jones from Connecticut. He makes the big hit on Brock Purdy. He's throwing the football. That gets the interception there. Uh, you know, the the the, four, the Ravens, they brought it to the 49ers. And the 49ers had a hard time getting in a groove or a rhythm. And, of course, Purdy with some of the mistakes and then turning the ball over like that. I do think it got in his head. He got a little gun shy. He wasn't sure of himself. It was one of the first times I feel like we've seen him like that. Really probably since the Cleveland game. The Browns game is the only other game I can remember kind of looking in the eye of Brock Purdy going, huh, he's a little flustered. He's a little not sure. He wants to pull the trigger all the time here, and the Ravens, you know, certainly made him made him question some things last night. Well, in the Vikings game as well, the Monday night game, where he had a yeah. couple of interceptions yeah. that that sealed the deal down the down the, uh, the you know the, the end the of the stretch, game. right? Uh, the the stretch. That's the word I was looking for. Stretch. Thank you very much. Um, the the difference between Purdy and Lamar Jackson, from a demeanor standpoint, we always like to watch the quarterback, whether it's the close-up or just the way that he's he's conducting himself. Lamar Jackson last night was very serene, very calm, despite his uncanny athletic ability when he decides he's going to run. But like pre-snap, there would be plays where he'd hand off, and it was just there was, I think, a quality to him of just a quiet confidence where he wasn't rattled, he wasn't flustered. He's not intimidated by this defense. He's kind of like in the zone, as they say. Yeah. And Purdy, Purdy was just kind of rattled and flustered and unsure of himself. And you know, even that play, like I don't know, I don't know what level of awareness it takes to recognize that that play's dead when they start throwing the flags at your feet when you're the quarterback. But that's not a free play. That's the opposite of a free play. It's yeah. a wasted play. Mm -hmm. Just throw the ball. Get out of the pocket and throw the ball out of bounds and let him assess the penalty and let's move on. It became a disaster because Purdy tried to extend a dead play. Now, you don't know what that flag is going to be. It's not like a guy jumps off, off uh, jumps offside, but we all knew at home just watching it. This plays, this plays just, this is a waste because it's coming back. Whatever goes well for the 49ers here, it's coming back. Oh, wait, unless it ends up being an interception, then that's that. And, yeah, there was just, uh, there was just a different quality to Purdy that, that hasn't played out because it's been so easy. 
and it's the offense, and that's what we've been saying. And it's not an insult to Brock Purdy to say he's a system quarterback. He's running a system to perfection. It just didn't run to perfection last night. Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan on Purdy's four interceptions last yeah, night. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the one that he was off on was the first one. Um, just read the coverage wrong and didn't expect someone to be back there and made a bad decision on the first one. Um, second one. Um, corner made a hell of a play blitzen. He couldn't get it over him. The guy tipped it and ended up making it to himself. Uh, the third one, scrambling. I didn't really see what happened on it. I mean, I saw the end result. I don't know what happened on the ball, whether 14 made a play, whether they both hit it at the same time. Um, but he broke out of the pocket on a big third down, had George and 14 coming back to him and threw it right at them, and it just bounced up and got another tip. And then um, the fourth one in the third quarter, and he was making the right decision, going to Christian on a check down, and someone hit him from the right side, and the ball came out sideways and went right to their linebacker. So I thought that, you know, the first one was a big mistake, and the other three was um, pretty unfortunate for him. I didn't mind his demeanor. I mean, he stayed in there, kept battling. I mean, our kind of, you know, our whole team struggled there in the second half, so it just wasn't him. Um, I know he was disappointed not being able to finish it there, but getting that stinger again, it was just wanted to keep him out of there. And... Ready for him to bounce back next week. We got a little glimpse of Sam Darnold last night because of the stinger that Brock Purdy suffered. It happened the prior weekend once, and it wasn't clear what was wrong with him. But when you go back and watch him get up, you could see his arm was kind of bothering him. And, you know, the, just the kind of stuff you see after somebody has a stinger. Yeah, where it's got kind a of hanging. You could tell it's hanging. He could feel yeah. yeah, right. But Sam Darnold, yeah. hey, yeah. Get your helmet, get your ass in there. He did, you know, that's the the one very thin. And it's not very thin at all. It's it's needle thin silver lining for the 49ers. Sam Darnold Sam Darnold was uh firing the ball last night and you could tell he was operating the offense the way that Shanahan operates it. There, there's not a whole lot of thought that goes into it. You get the ball and the ball's out. You get the ball and the ball's out. And it's delivered accurately to a receiver in stride who takes it and runs with it. And uh, there was a point he was making the same throw all the time. It's like, when are they going to realize he's making this same in cut right. to the left? Right. But it was there. Yeah. It was there. Right. He was running the offense and it was there. Yeah, he's got ability. Definitely. And these are the reasons why we get into like, hey, you know, system quarterback or Shanahan, the talent around them. Again, you heard me on football night in America a little bit, right? Brock Purdy out of like the starting quarterbacks in football has thrown the ball the least, but has the second most yards only behind Tua. That's an impressive thing. But also what I think it speaks to is that, yeah, people are wide open. When you watch Brock Hurt Birdie's highlight tape from this year, I mean, just think about the Arizona game the week before. He threw a ball to Christian McCaffrey. He fell on the ground and got up and then ran for a touchdown. And nobody even touched him. Like, nobody. That, so there's a lot of plays where you go, yeah, that's a good play by Brock Purdy, but that's a better play by Kyle Shanahan. There's nobody in the screen. Like, there's nobody in the screen. Like, we all could have maybe made that throw. And I'm not trying to say that negatively about Brock Purdy, but I'm trying to make the point of, again, that's a high-functioning machine here and what you saw with the 49ers and Sam Darnold in that offense, and they certainly would be good with him, too. I don't doubt that at all. And that's where, like, the game itself, Mike, you know, I know it was 33-19 and the Ravens won, and it certainly looked dominant. I don't think it's like, to me, it wasn't a concerning dominant. That's what I will say. I don't look at it and go, oh, wow, the 49ers really got out physical 
and they don't even look like on the they should be on the same playing field. No, they had over a hundred yards more of total offense. They ran the ball with a hundred yards with Christian McCaffrey, and he didn't even really run the ball late in the football game. So there's still things to look at. They made some uncharacteristic mistakes that we have not seen them make, and they got punched in the mouth for the first time in the mouth for the first time in a while, and they didn't react very well. And nobody's punched them like that in a while. And maybe this is just what they needed to kind of give them the push over the edge for the playoff push, kind of like, you know, the Ravens needed Mike Flores to say some things crappy about them and get them over the edge. <laughs> Mike Flores. And, and apparently, 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 uh, I'm told in the locker room it was Flores, not Flores. So <laughs> Flores yes. is the is the preferred <laughs> although although it's funny my my uh, my source with the ravens who was sharing this information with me about florist his first thought and my first thought when it was florist was the the guy from the town the oh the yeah Irish yeah, mobster, yeah sure it sure. was a florist whoa yeah 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 yeah, yeah. You, well, you're better looking than him that's for sure i can't remember his name sonny or what the hell was his especially, name especially yeah but i think fergie the florist fergie, was it right. fergie the florist fergie. i don't know you're right but but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely looking better than than he was at the end of the movie. Because uh, spoiler alert, he got shot in a very sensitive area by Ben Affleck <laughs> at the at the end of uh, of the town. It's yes, a fourteen year old movie. We're not really spoiling anything now. That's why. I, hey, that's why I got my tomorrow's bakery. I mean, I may I may need a new line of work. Yeah. So I I, I may have to go work at our bakery. Well, hey, that's, tomorrow's that's bakery over here. It's Florio at tomorrow's bakery. That's what that's where we're gonna find you tomorrow because you're gonna get fired yeah. by the Ravens. I might, okay. I might, <laughs> I might be working there today. <laughs> but, uh, I've wait. already gotten requests too. I've gotten requests from Steelers fans to badmouth them right. so the Steelers will win. <laughs> right. It's like, can, will you please say what you said about the Ravens about our team, please? Yeah. Yes. Well, well yeah, maybe we can make that a weekly thing. Maybe you can pick out one team a no. week and totally <laughs> no, no, just no, no, obliterate no, no, them. No, 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 no. And we'll see where it goes. It, it, but, it, only, it, only works, it only works when you do it completely, right. like, spontaneously and organically, and you're not trying to do it. No I wasn't, doubt. Clearly wasn't no trying doubt. to do it what? and uh, might have done it. Hey, one other thing about the game that I think is worthy, and I think you'll like this. You know, one, hey, let's not forget. I, I mean, I know you crapped all over the Ravens with the pick and all that, but let, let's not forget, too. I mean, throughout the year, I've said it a number of times. You said it, too, right? Now, I think, you know, recent, the last few weeks made us not sure, but we have had moments where we have said that, the Ravens at their best looked like the only team that could mess with the 49ers. When we were in week eight and nine and 10 and 11, the, the, I know I was saying it a bunch and I know you agreed and you were saying it too. Now we hadn't seen that type of Ravens quality of football in a while. So I think we were all going, Oh, was that just a little blip on the radar? Or are they going to be able to, you know, continue to do that from time to time? And last night answered that. So, you know, we had inklings already that this team could do what we saw last night. It just had been a while since we'd seen them play to that quality of football. And I think, you know, we didn't expect it on the road in San Francisco. So kudos to them for that. Uh, and then the other thing, Mike, too, is 
How many times do we sit here on Mondays, just like we were talking about, you know, it's the screen to Debo, it's the screen to McCaffrey. Like, they didn't let any of the Shanahan, what I call specials, the Shanahan specials or tricks get off the ground last night, right? We didn't see any of that. We didn't see Debo catching the ball with four blockers in front of him and his hair on fire and him running through the, or play action passes where, you know, it was Kittle just like uncovered up the middle. I know he had a big game, but that was more drop back pass game. Right. We didn't see as much. We didn't see McCaffrey catching a screen and running up the sideline for 45 yards. That to me is always another huge key to the football game. The Ravens chopped out that leg of, wait, we're going to take away the Shanahan tricks. And now you just got to kind of beat us mano y mano here. And that's where they got the game in, a, in, in their type of game, at least I should say, and uh, certainly favored them in, in the long run. And, and one thing that I detected from the fact that Purdy kept firing the ball even after his third interception, yeah. even after his fourth. Now they had to do it if they were going to have any chance to come back. Right. But you see a different attitude from Kyle Shanahan toward Brock Purdy and toward Jimmy Garoppolo because we were at that playoff game a few years ago when Garoppolo had just one interception, but two others that could have slash should have been picked off. Right. And that was enough to get Shanahan to say, we're just going to run the ball over and over and over again. Oh, and we'll do the same thing against the Packers next week. We're just going to run the ball over and over and over again. He didn't give up on Purdy. And I think think he recognizes the first one was a horrible mistake, and the other ones were stuff happens. Right. Sometimes, you know, we see it. Ball pops up in the air, and sometimes there's a guy there to catch it, and sometimes there isn't. And there's an element of randomness to it. I don't want to call it luck. It's just randomness where the ball goes. The ball pops up in the air. Does it land in a spot where there's a defensive player or does it not? And sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it does. And last night when that ball started popping around, it was popping around to Ravens players. That's right. That's right. You know, this is the one as like a play caller, an ex-quarterback, you know, uh, an offensive coordinator, whatever. This will be the one that annoys you. These other ones, like you said, stuff happens. That is, this is not going to be like the type of interceptions, this interception, or even this one with Kyle Hamilton getting back up to where the the coach, Shanahan in this case, or the play caller is going to come away and go, what the hell is my guy looking at? What is he doing? The first one, sure. You know, the next three, hey, this one, he's trying to make a play and whatever else. It's not egregious, though. The Ravens defender makes a good play by getting his hand in there and knocking the ball up in the air. But you're not like, oh, my gosh, what is my quarterback doing? How stupid is he? And then, of course, this is the right tackle being run over by Travis Jones. It's good to see him back healthy. So I think to your point, Mike, when you were talking about the Garoppolo stuff and that playoff run, there was throws in that game that were like, off of uh, Harrison's chest and other def- Anthony Barr and Kendricks, and I think they even caught a few of them too. But there was a few that were dropped to where you're like, whoa, my quarterback, does he even see anybody on defense today? I don't trust him at all. Brock Purdy's still in the trust tree. I'm sure he gave Shanahan all the right answers when he walked off the field and he saw things the right way except for that first interception. And that can give the coach confidence to go, wait, I can still keep calling plays here. He's seeing things the right way. It's the Ravens. They made a few plays. We got a little unlucky, but we don't have to get, you know, gun shy here. And, uh, you know, kudos for Shanahan or Purdy for, for keep, you know, cracking away like they did. They've got the Commanders in D.C. next weekend, and they finish with the Rams, Uh who are one of the hottest teams in Uh the NFL right now. 
What do you do, though? What do you say? How do you get Purdy to, you know, just flush this one and move on to the next one? Because showing him on the sideline when Sam Darnold was in there, you really, he was kind of, you know, he wasn't showing anything, but it just was one of those nights. Like, can you just say it's just one of those nights? Let's forget about it. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Does that work? Or does something like this leave an emotional scar on a young quarterback who still hasn't finished his second NFL season? I don't think it will. I, I think Shanahan and where they are as a football team and the way he played, he still can lean on all the good he's done. He realized he'd make some mistakes. I think the one point Shanahan will be able to make, uh, make to him is going, hey, when we're playing a team like the Ravens or these really good football teams, you know, sometimes just a sack or throwing the ball away is, is the best way to go. Because the margin of error for us to beat these football teams is very little. It's very small. So, you know, some of these plays that you make against some of these other teams in football that we're far better than, yeah, we can get away with it. You got to think a little differently maybe when you play in the, the upper echelon teams in football. I think that's the thing he, you maybe pump into their per, Brock Purdy's brain. But I don't think it'll affect him, the psyche of this football team. Here's one thing that I was annoyed about with the psyche of the football team last night, though. I'll say that when bringing this. The 49ers, they're better when they hate you. And there was a little – I've never seen the 49ers have so much respect for a football team as they did the Ravens last night. They were trying to be friends with them. I mean, they were. It was a little too much smiling for my liking, and I've never seen the 49ers act like that. Uh, I don't know if Lamar charmed them or what, but, yeah, they're they're usually at their best when they're angry and they hate you, and there was a little too much buddy-buddy going on with the Ravens last night, which I found you know peculiar or different from the 49ers than what we usually see. Well, yeah. What, what did they do when they showed up in Philadelphia? Yeah, that's what I mean. We're here. They, did, they the didn't have the edge. Ass bullies are here. And the Ravens had take the edge. lunch money. Thanks to Florio and Florist and Fergie and all of them. And, they and had that, a little and, more and, edge. And that, <laughs> isn't, isn't, that, isn't that funny, though? That, that uh, um, Oh, well. Oh, there it, it is. is. It is. And you know what? I'd be remiss. Boom. I'd be remiss. There, there is. you are. Uh, yeah. Man, there'd be a lot, the of, lot, lot, be a lot of people that would like to shoot you where Ben Affleck shoot, shot Fergie. They would love to do that to you. Know, you that's know, that's, that's, that's nothing to joke about. That's nothing to joke about. Let's, let's, uh, um, I, I want to play what Lamar said after the game because I, I do agree with him. I do agree with him. And look, we, we talk. 12, 15 hours extemporaneously every week, and we got carried away. And I phrased the whole, the Ravens are going to kick the SH-T, or the 49ers, excuse me. <laughs> Ultimately, I should have said the Ravens are going to kick the SH-T out of the 49ers in hindsight. But I, I agree with everything Lamar said. I'm going to say that ahead of time. Here's the clip from Lamar addressing apparently what they did see in the team meeting the night before the game with me saying what I said last week. Have a listen. Because we're in the NFL, we play ball, you know, not to take away from that team, but you can't just discredit us. We grown men, we got to feed our family. And he can have his opinion, but just don't be just, just talking like that. You know, that's disrespectful. That's very disrespectful. But no, not to take away from the 49ers at all, because, like, they're great all across the board, but we going to come to play as well. You know, our record not no fluke, you know. Um, we play ball, and we showed that, you know. But he just need to just keep doing his job, but just don't just come, come off like that towards us. You know, that's disrespectful, like I said, because he ain't putting them pads on, you know. If he ain't putting them pads on, I feel like it would have been different for him. He wouldn't say that. He would be respectful, you know. 
because because I, I say that to say this, you know, we respectful to our opponents. Our opponents were respectful to us, but a guy who who not even playing against us just come out just, you know, just being disrespectful. I guess he wanted more views on this on his little channel. We're gonna leave it at that. <laughs> I look, I I got nothing to say other than he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. And I I wasn't trying to provoke that reaction. We were just talking about the games. You weren't trying to be disrespectful to the Ravens. You were just that much of a believer in the 49ers and the way they were playing. If you watch the clip and you give it a fair and full listen, it wasn't anything about the Ravens. It was any other team that you would pick and put on Christmas night. Right in that stadium against that team, that's what the 49ers had caused many to believe. I'm getting texts from another head coach as we speak saying, I said the same thing here. Here's my text message about what's going to happen on Christmas night to the Ravens. And it's not because of the Ravens. It's because of the 49ers and the way the 49ers have been playing. But still, I shouldn't have phrased it the way I did. I didn't mean it to be disrespectful to them. And this was all jumping off of a conversation about, Kyle Hamilton thinking the Ravens were being disrespected as five-point underdogs. My reaction to that was only five? Only five? It's a sign of respect that Vegas got it right. I got it wrong. Vegas got it right, although I guess it should have been 49ers minus 13, or Ravens minus 13, excuse me. I'm getting the two teams mixed up today. That's good. It's no longer the 49ers and everyone else. It's the 49ers and the Ravens. And everyone else, with the Dolphins having a chance this weekend to crash that party in Baltimore on New Year's Eve. But the, the, the odds makers saw that it wasn't the looming disaster that I thought it would be and others thought it would be. Because, I mean, the scores of the 49ers games since their three-game losing streak when they came out of the bye, starting with 34-3 in Jacksonville, they have won double digits every game, six games in a row. And that's what fed into this idea that you put anyone out there on Christmas night in Santa Clara and the 49ers are going to do what they've been doing to everyone. That's what had me so perplexed by the line only being five and what caused me to say what I said. And if it helped the Ravens uh, give us a memorable Christmas night and take away this idea that's wire to wire 49ers and it's 49ers win their sixth Super Bowl and everybody else is just hanging around for second place. Good. Cause I didn't, I didn't like that aspect of it. It was, it, it, it was hovering over the season. Like every other game we watched, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. They're all playing for second place anyway. That's gone now. I'm happy that that's gone. That makes the rest of the season and the playoffs more exciting. Unless it wakes up the 49ers and they do go, but even if, but we don't expect it now if they do it. It's not expected. We're in a position where we can expect the unexpected. That's what I like. Yeah, I, I hear that. The The unexpected is still in, in play, and we've seen that the Ravens can play at a level that can match anybody in the sport, right? That, that's the big thing. And it doesn't – I again, I don't come away looking at this like maybe the way I looked at the Bills beating the Cowboys or, you know, the way the 49ers beat the Eagles – it has a different feel here. You know, this has a little bit more of, yeah, the Ravens, they outplayed the 49ers. There's no doubt about that. The 49ers did some things too, though, that they don't usually do, right? I didn't, like I said, come away from the game and go, oh, man, they're just, they can't physically match up with this team if they have to play them again. No, 
this this would be a great Super Bowl rematch. It's hard to overcome five turnovers. Really, I mean, four in the competitive part of the football game and think you're going to beat a team like the Baltimore Ravens. That ain't going to happen. Not with Lamar Jackson and a focused football team like they were. Really impressive win by them. 49ers got to do some work, certainly. But, uh, you know, like you said, Ravens, 49ers, they look like they are in a class of their own. We're going to see if... Maybe the Dolphins and somebody else can join that party here this week, and that'll be fun to watch. Here's the real question to ask, and I don't know what the answer is. They play that game 10 times. How many times does what happened last night happen? I don't know, because they played it one time, and what happened happened. That's all that matters. And maybe they'll play it again in Las Vegas. And that was another thing I said last week. If this is a Super Bowl preview, the Super Bowl is going to suck. Well, no, the Super Bowl is going to be pretty damn interesting if it's Ravens 49ers. It's going to be extremely compelling if it's these two teams again. So, I mean, thank you to the Ravens for giving us another team that is up there on the upper echelon with the 49ers. It had been the 49ers and everybody else for too long. And now there's at least two, and the Dolphins have something to say about it this weekend when they go to Baltimore. Yep, that's right. Thank you, Ravens, for that. They at least have a chance. Yeah. They at least have a chance. Whether or not they do is a different issue, but they at least have a chance. They have an opportunity, and we'll see what they do with it. Yeah, we'll see what they do, definitely. But uh, that was an impressive win last night. It was great to see them go on the road, get that. The motivation, the physicality. Uh, they they never really blinked, even when they were taking some of those body blows and haymakers early on in the football game. And, of course, them capping it off with just crapping all over you and doing all that, I mean, that, that couldn't have really ended better on a Monday night of Christmas. What a gift. What a gift Santa gave us on Christmas night. The Grinch got put back in his place by a man named Lamar Jackson. <laughs> listen, listen. I want to know, I want to know if you hear from Kyle. You know, we all have to talk about it on the show. I want to personally know if you hear from Kyle and if Kyle complains that I got the Ravens all riled up and contributed to them losing. Cuz I can't win now. I'm caught I'm caught between Ravens fans who are sticking it to me, and rightfully so. I take it. I'm responding to even the most hostile emails. I'll at least respond with a Merry Christmas. And 49ers fans who, there are some, who were mad because I did this. Yeah, I caused you this. You put the kibosh on. And, right. And right. I, I, I got the Ravens fired up when the 49ers were very respectful all the way up until the game and during the game. They were very respectful, the Ravens, and I had to get it all screwed up for uh, San Francisco. All right, let's take a break. Speaking of things screwed up, What is wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs? What is right with the Kansas City Chiefs? We'll break down the game that started the Christmas triple header when PFT Live continues right after this. 